Now open your Bible to the book of Luke, please. The gospel of Dr. Luke. Luke the physician who writes with a warm human touch shows Jesus as the friend of outcasts and sinners. Love the book of Luke. Amen. Luke Acts, a sequel written by the same man under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Luke 6, 47, a story Jesus told. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep, laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. If you want strength to stand against the storm, you need to dig deep. You need to dig deep. Thank you, Brother DJ. You may be seated. The story that we read told by Jesus is of two men who had two totally different perspectives in life. As a result, there were two drastically different outcomes. So I have a question for you today. You heard the story. I could say you're dismissed and you heard the story Jesus told. I'm not going to say you're dismissed. Don't get your hopes up. But I have a question for you today. Which of those two people do you want to be? Which man do you want to be like? This story is recorded in Luke, but it is also recorded in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount. It's the closing chapter. Matthew chapter 7 is Jesus is bringing his audience to a conclusion. I want you to see these verses, Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Matthew records Jesus saying that this is a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall. I learned as a little kid in Sunday school a wise man built his house upon the rock and the foolish man built his house upon the sand. Until about 12 years ago, 
studying this passage to teach a Bible study here on a Wednesday night, I always thought that these guys live worlds apart. If I was to guess the address of the wise man and the foolish man, I would have guessed that they lived in different neighborhoods. I always had a mental picture. To me, the wise man would have lived in a place like 238 Rocky Ridge Road. And the foolish man, I think he lived, I used to think he lived, on 666 Floodplain Drive. For what it's worth, there's a town in Minnesota that is named Floodwood. It's at the confluence of two rivers, the Floodwood River and the East Savannah River, where they joined the St. Louis River. And I learned today from my wife that Desiree Massey used to live in that town. It's this big. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that I would say Floodwood and, oh, I live there. It's a real place. Well, I always thought that the rich man lived up on the hill and the foolish man, not the rich man, the wise man, and the foolish man, he lived down in Floodwood. I used to visualize what would have happened when the storm struck. Here's the wise man. He's up on his house, Rocky Ridge. It's windy, raining. He's looking down through the storm on his foolish friend, and he watches the storm strike, and the flood comes and washes him away. He's sitting up there building his house on the rock. That's how I used to think that it was. That's the picture that I got in this story. But when you read Matthew and you, there you are, Desiree. Sorry, I was looking for you here. When you read this story, you get a different idea. Luke tells us that the difference between these men is that one man dig deep and the other did not. That was what separated them. So what if these two men were neighbors? What if they lived side by side or in the same subdivision as we would in our modern culture? I think that it's possible they could have been neighbors. And the reason I say that is that they were faced with the exact same circumstances. Now, you could get wind on the hill, and you could get rain on the hill, but you're not getting a flood up on Rocky Ridge. And the wise man and the foolish man of Matthew and the man who dig deep and the man who did not of Luke 6, they were faced with identical circumstances. That's why I realized several years ago that these men we're not living worlds apart. So right now in this sermon, I need you to do me a favor. I want you to get two men in a truck and I want you to get that wise man off Rocky Ridge Road and put him down in Floodwood where he belongs. You see, in our world, even now, the wise man and the foolish man live side by side. 
The wise women and foolish women share office space. Our next door neighbors. The wise and the foolish sometimes share the same house. Sometimes the wise and the foolish sit in the same section at church. I didn't want to say the same row. That may be too personal. (laughs) Back in that day, there were many kinds of homes, but it appears that Jesus was talking about a fairly common home. They would have been built of uncut stones, dabbed with mortar. The roofs would have been timbers covered with limbs and probably some dirt up there. There were more sophisticated homes, but this seems to be the type of home to which Jesus was referring. You may know that Palestine, Israel, is a very hilly, rocky area. If you've ever been there, seen pictures or videos of Israel or the Palestine area, you'll know that there are mountains and deep gorges and valleys. And like we would see in West Texas in the United States, there's often these dry riverbeds that run through the mountainous areas. And unless it's raining, they're just dry. Or there may be a trickling little bit of water from a, a spring that's up there. And it seems that this is the kind of place where these men lived. When a storm comes, rain and washes all kinds of sand and gravel down and create little areas, flat areas along the the bed of streams and it makes a nice place to put a house. And it seems that the wise man and the foolish man, both these men lived in an area that was prone to flooding. They lived in a floodplain area or else the story could not be true. Here they are living there and if you looked at their houses, If you looked at their lives, there was really nothing discernibly different between one man and the other man. The only thing that we know is that one man dug deep and the other man did not. There was sandy soil everywhere and one man built his house on the surface. It was quick and easy And before long, he was living there, maybe with his family. The other man, who I believe is the wise man of Matthew 7, right? Same story, different perspective. He did one thing different than his neighbor, than his friend. He got out a shovel or whatever tools he had, and he said, you know, this area is not safe in a storm. And if my family and I are going to survive, we've got to do something a little different than the people that are around us. They seem content to build their life on just any old thing, but it seems to me that's not a good foundation for your house. So he got his shovel out and he started digging and he kept digging. And you might ask, how deep did he dig? And the answer is, I don't know. But he dug down until he hit rock. And when he got to the rock, he said, this is where you build your house. You put a foundation on something that is stable, something that cannot be shaken. It's not convenient. It's not easy. No one's probably going to know as long as the sun is shining. As long as circumstances are good. 
your life, the life of the wise believer, the, the life of the person who hears and obeys the words of Jesus Christ look a lot the same. You know, you get sick and they get sick. You have to work and they have to work. Tough times come, it rains on the just and the unjust. In that part of the world, they don't experience exactly four seasons like we do. Generally a rainy season and a dry season. And for these two men, for some period of time, we don't know how long, it was dry. Or maybe just a little bit of rain, a sprinkling rain like we had this morning. But that doesn't last forever. In those parts of the world, like I visualize West Texas or things I've seen on my Weather Channel app, where all of a sudden from nowhere, it looks like a wall of water that comes cascading down a creek bed that comes out of the mountains down into the valley. And it just pushes and wipes out everything that is below it. That happened one day. It started raining. And the wind started blowing. And the rain beat on the roof and the wind pounded against the walls. And I think in that moment, both houses stood. But something began to happen. The creek began to rise. Waters got deeper. The current got stronger. And the water began to rush against both houses. The house of the wise man who dug deep, and the house of the foolish man who just built his house, his life on the surface. And the water began to erode away the soil around the base of those homes. But if you would have been standing by the house of the wise man who dug deep and put his house on a foundation, if you could have seen through the murky water, you would have seen something amazing there. That his house did not end at ground level. That something went deeper than that. Below the surface of the soil, there was another rock and a layer of rock. And it went down, 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 down. How deep did it go? It went as deep as it needed to go to find the rock, to build on the rock. The same stream beat vehemently against both houses. But that wise man, that man that dug deep his house, did not shake, the Bible said, because it was founded on a rock. The other man, not so blessed, wasn't just the circumstances. It was the reality of their lives that this storm that affected the good man, the wise man, the man with a foundation, also affected the man who built on the soil. The Bible says that the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the fall of it was great. It was, it was a devastating collapse of the house that was just built on the surface. Which person do you want to be? Do you want to be this man who dug deep? Nobody 
It's going to notice it. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be tedious. You're going to sweat. You're going to get sore. It's going to take a long time. It's not going to be flashy or fancy. You can look around you at the lives of other people. They don't go to church. They don't pay tithes. They don't live a godly life. They have not they have not recovered godliness in their life. Thank you, Brother Jerry, for this past Wednesday. They just live any way they want to live. They say, eat, drink, be merry. Tomorrow we die. What difference does it make, they say? The earth is just a spinning mausoleum. One of these days we'll be like any old dog that dies. We'll just die and cease to exist. But the wise man says, that's not what life is really all about. The wise person hears the sayings of Jesus and says, let me get my Bible and let me do more than just know a, a little memory verse or two. Let me get into this word and let me dig a little deeper. Let me dig a little deeper. Listen, my friend, I don't care who you are, whether you were raised in Sunday school like me or you just came to this church a few weeks ago, there's a lot of sediment, a lot of junk in our lives that needs to be excavated out. It needs to be dug out and thrown to the side. You say, how long is it going to take? It doesn't even matter. How deep have I got to go? That is not the point. The point is the storm is coming. And what will you do when the storm hits your life? Who are these two people? They're like us. They're a lot like us. They're like all of us who are listening to the Bible today. Specifically the words of Jesus, but this word. And both these men, by the application that Jesus made to this story, he set it up from the beginning. Whoever hears these sayings and does them is a wise man that builds his house on the rock. And Luke adds, he dug deep. And whoever hears these sayings of mine, and like James wrote, sees himself in the mirror of the word, then walks away and is a forgetful hearer, forgets what he saw at church, forgets what he saw in devotion. He hears the same thing, but he doesn't obey it. And there's only one real difference between in this story and ultimately between the fool and the wise person and where you and I spend eternity, it's what we do with what we're hearing right now. You're either foolish and becoming wise or you're wise and becoming foolish because you're neglecting like Solomon did the very words that he wrote. Knowing and doing are vastly different things sitting here today some are smarter some not as smart some are older some are younger some are educated some not as much some are women some are men some from religious backgrounds some first generation Christians but as I've said there's only one notable difference this is what happened to the man in Psalm 73 he saw the prosperity of the wicked. 
I feed it well and I slept. He was almost ready to give up because he looked at his life and he compared it to the lives of everybody around him and said, look, they don't, I'm paraphrasing and applying. They don't go to church. They don't live for God. They live any way they want and I can't see any difference. It looks like they're prospering and I'm actually the one suffering and it looks like that ungodly person is actually faring better than I am. And that may be true. Until the rain starts falling. Until the hurricane hits your life. The Bible says in that same psalm, he has set them in slippery places. In a moment, their lives come to nothing. But this wise man who heard and obeyed is like this man who is digging deep. I think Jesus, of course, he's the master teacher. But he gives us this idea of effort. That's why in the month of February, I'm teaching and preaching on foundations. Just like we talked about landmarks. We want to know what belongs to us and what does not. Let's claim everything that does and let's stay away from all the no trespassing signs that the Lord has given us in our life. We've got to know our territory. But now that we know who we are and where we are, let's build something. And I felt like it's time to come again in the inspiration of the Spirit in the last few months that we've got to get this church. I've got to get my life deeper. I've got to get on the rock. Amen. The Bible said everything that can be shaken will be shaken. There's a lot of Christians that are experience-oriented. They may come to this church or another church. They may go to an non-denominational church, and they sing some of the same songs, and now they raise their hands, and they may feel emotion or even the Spirit of God. So what's the difference? The difference is that we hear and we obey. We're not just bound up in some feeling that we have. But it's all about what does the Bible say? Am I living what it teaches me? <laughs> Obeying makes you wise. And ignoring makes you a fool. Period. If that's offensive, blame Jesus. See, foundations really matter. No substantial structure in the world is built without foundation. Every superstructure stands on a foundation. And the higher you want to go, and the bigger you want to build with your life, the deeper. You should build your foundation. I was taking time. My friends are out making money and they seem to be succeeding. I'm stuck over here in years of college. That's okay. You just keep digging, digging, digging spiritually, educationally. Just keep digging. The only unshakable foundation is Jesus Christ. So let me give you a few corresponding verses, Ephesians 2 and 20. And I'm jumping right in the middle of an incredible passage of Scripture as all Scripture is amazing. About us and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, 
Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Who we are as a church is built on the teachings, the practices, the principles that were laid down in the Bible by the apostles and prophets. And at the beginning of it all is Jesus Christ, who is the chief cornerstone. Now, that's a whole message by itself. But the cornerstone was laid first. It was the reference point of every other stone that was laid linear down the line, you know, horizontally or vertically. Everything was referenced back to the cornerstone. And Jesus is that one in my life that every decision, every value, every relationship, every idea that comes across my radar has got to go back to say, how does this measure up to the nature and the word of Jesus Christ? He is the priority of my life. We're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Paul spoke in 1 Corinthians 3 of building the church in Corinth. And he said, I'm a wise master builder. I've laid the foundation. He was an apostle. He went where there was nothing and laid the foundation. Then someone else would come and lead that church to more maturity. That was the role of Paul. But he said, but you better take heed how you build on this foundation. And then he says, by the way, I throw in by the way. Verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. In other words, if anybody's going to lead you to anything else, you just say, no, thank you, that's sinking sand. That doesn't work for me or anyone. <laughs> Hebrews 6 and 1. See how this month unfolds? We'll drill down into some of these passages a little more. The writer of Hebrews is trying to tell these Christians to grow up, become mature. But he takes them back and tells them, you're, you're, just, you're stuck at foundational Christianity, which is important. You don't ever blow up the foundation when you build the building on top of it. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation. And he tells us what's there doctrinally. Repentance from dead works and a faith toward God. Of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. If you dig down to see what's at the bottom of this church, Jesus Christ the chief cornerstone, apostles and prophets. But you're going to find repentance there and faith toward God. You're going to find baptism in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You're going to find the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. It's all in the foundation. It's what you can build your life on. And when the flood comes, it will stand the test of tribulation and time and the judgment of God. And when the world is submerged in the flood, the saint of God is going to not be shaken. The foundations aren't fancy. There's not a, fluff, not a lot of fluff to them. 
years ago, my wife and I were part of a missions trip to Russia right after you could go in, after the fall of the former Soviet Union. We went to St. Petersburg to the summer palace of Russian Tsar Peter the Great. It's one of the most magnificent places I have ever seen. Our guide told us, first of all, that everything had been built in the third quarter of the previous century, which would have been the 19th century, I believe. This was a splendid, this was a splendid palatial home. I went back and Googled it again, images. Don't do this now, please. And I, and I looked at some of those rooms we stood in just to kind of refresh my memory. It was breathtaking. You may be shocked by this, but during our tour, the guard, excuse me, the guide never said, now if you will follow me outside, we're going to walk around and we're going to view the foundation. Who wants to see that? Who cares about seeing that? But that palace that was built in 1714, completed in 1714, is standing for only one reason. There's a foundation that is firm, that has lasted for these centuries. And as I was thinking about that, I was reminded of the words. I had to go back and see was Edward Mode, a preacher and a songwriter, who gave us the song, On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Are you a Christian or are you that? You know, it's either Christian, it's either strong rock or sinking sand. Well, I believe in philosophy, sinking sand. I believe in another way to get to heaven or to have a good life, sinking sand. On Jesus Christ, the solid rock, my life stands. This church stands. And every other ground, all other ground is sinking sand. You were not born deep. The Bible says you were born foolish. So I have a high IQ. Sorry, you can read then. So go read Proverbs twenty-two fifteen that says foolishness is bound in the heart of the child. What? Not my baby. Yeah, your baby, my babies, my, even my grandchildren, our grandchildren. You don't get wise because you were born into a wise family. You get wise because you pick up a shovel. It's a shovel called prayer. So well, I pray. Yeah. Now I lay me down to sleep. Lord bless this food to the nourishment of my bodies. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give prayer. But I'm talking about digging in prayer, my friends. Or you dig down till it's work. Until you pray with an understanding. And then you begin to pray in the spirit. And they're groanings that cannot be uttered because you have tapped into a place that is building a foundation on your life. That's why Jude can write in verse 20 of a single chapter book. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God. You've got to dig sometimes. You've got to go down, down, down. Kind of excavate some of the sand in your life. You got to dig into the Bible. So I go to church. I think we've already established that. It's what you do with what you hear that matters. 
Don't be a forgetful hearer. The wise man heard and obeyed. That's what differentiates the wise from the fool. So you've got to get your shovel out and you've got to dig down into some word and then you've got to memorize a little word and meditate on the word and then you've got to go apply that word to your life and actually do it. Because if you read surveys about Christians, we find in general Christianity, nominal Christianity, that unfortunately a lot of people that call themselves Christians lie with the same frequency as sinners lie. And they fornicate and commit adultery with the same frequency as people who do not call themselves Christians. And they cheat and steal and they're not really good people, but they say they are. They've accepted Christ, but Christ has not accepted them. They need the power of the Holy Spirit to own them. They've got to dig deep into this word of God and say, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. We're not compromising anymore. We're done with shallow living. We're done with selfies. We're done with all about me. You don't get deep on accident. You get deep by digging. And the real question today is, which, which man do you want to be? Which person do you want to be? The person whose life could not be shaken because it was built on a foundation of obedience to the Bible. Or the person whose life looked really good until the storm struck. And then their life collapsed. There's a coming judgment on this earth. And there will be a separation of sheep and goats, the Bible says. And Jesus said in Matthew, this other story many will say to me in that day. Lord, Lord, call him Lord. He prophesied in your name, and thy name did cast out many devils, did many wonderful works. And Jesus said, I will profess to them, I never knew you. This story is part of that same passage of whether or not we walk in obedience to Jesus Christ. So digging deep takes time, hard work. But if you're done with superficial religion, if you're done with being affected by every wind of doctrine that blows by, I invite you this month to start digging. And it doesn't end the last day of February. It goes on and on until Jesus comes back for us. Would you bow your heads right now? Jesus, I thank you that you're the Lord of the church. And I ask you, Father, right now in Jesus' name that you would stir us with your word, that you would shake us, O oh Lord, to our core, that you would help us resolve today, O oh God, to seek you, Lord, to incline our ear, to dig out 
a relationship with you. I pray, oh God, that you would move in me today to work out my own salvation with with fear and trembling. That I would be done with shortcuts and shallow living and cheap worship that is nothing but lip service while I'm gathered together with other people in the congregation. Help me today to resolve to dig deep. Would you open your heart right now, lift your voice to Jesus Christ, and would you talk to him out of the depth of your soul? And would you say, Lord, Even before we stand right now, I want to say a word to someone, maybe more than one, but I thank God for my heritage. My grandparents came to church when they were adults. My dad when he was adult. But I was raised in a church. So my earliest memories are of Bible verses and songs and the wise men built this house upon a rock. I thank God for that. But God has no grandchildren and you've got to make up your mind. So for me, Holy Ghost filled at eight, baptized at eight. But for me, it was at 16 that someone challenged me and I just got out a shovel of personal consecration. The discipline of weekly fasting, of daily Bible reading and prayer. I went through the book of Proverbs I don't even know how many times over and over and over because I wanted wisdom in my life. I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you that even though I was raised in the church, I realized at some point along the way that just being a goody two-shoes kid was not going to get me to heaven and it wasn't going to cultivate to cultivate depth in my life. But what I really want to say about that is maybe you're here sitting among all these great godly people thinking, man, you don't know where I come from. My whole family is just a bunch of sandy folks, you know. No foundation, no depth, sin, debauchery, abuse, every evil thing. You don't even can't even imagine, Pastor, where I come from. The good news is, from the Lord's point of view, while it does matter that you have these advantages, the Jews did, and they didn't mix that word with faith. It didn't do them any good. Did it profit them, the Bible says? So you can be brand new to this. In fact, you may have come here for the first time today and you're not even serving God. But you can join the rest of us who've got a lot of sand to dig out of our lives because there's a rock down there to build your life on. And if you'll make up your mind today to start digging, you'll dig out that stuff that's unsuitable and you will find that rock and you can build your life on Jesus Christ starting today, amen?